0: Well, we are picking up in week three of our Pace Yourself sermon series, where uh, we're, we're talking about um, this pace of life that we're living at. And if you remember in the first week, uh, Barry has shared a message about uh, the pace that we're living we, we talked about uh, we're just running at a crazy, busy pace. Uh, American culture and even and, uh, even us Christians in the church, but just in general, as a people, we're running at a pace that is is so busy that it's honestly, it's unsustainable. It's unsustainable and it's not healthy for us. And we were never designed to, to run at the speed that we're running at. And I think uh, if you look at culture, we're seeing some of the results of that. And then uh, in week two, Barry then covered uh, the burden of busyness. And he kind of unpacked this idea of uh, when we run around so busy and so hurried that it, from one thing to the next, that becomes a burden. And each time we do that, it's just picking up a little bit more. And he started putting the rocks in the, in the backpack. And he, he shared with us about his moose hunt where he, he had to uh, carry a, a uh, half of a moose out of the woods and, and back to their camp and how, uh, what that did to his body. And then he kind of tied that over I- into the fact that he was never designed or made to carry that kind of weight for that distance. And so um, this week, I I get the pleasure of talking about pushing pause. So last week, we kind of talked about uh, what the burdens are and what it looks like to to carry a weight we're never designed in the fall out of that. But uh, this week, we're talking about what does it look like to push pause? What does it look like to push pause on our lives? And Barry shared last week uh, that that kind of our, our, our series bottom line has been this. And it's been that busy is a barrier to better. The busyness of our lives is the barrier to us actually getting uh, what is better and the best that God has for us and what he's wired us up for. And he talked out of uh, the Matthew 11 passage where we, we hear Jesus and he says, come to me, all who are heavy burdened. And I will give you rest and, and to bury, uh, unpack that and what it looks like to, to yoke up with Jesus and, and allow him to carry the weight that we were never designed to carry and that his shoulders were made for. And uh, if, we, if we could just sum up today's bottom line, it's simply this. The bottom line for today is to get God's best, push, pause, and rest. To get God's best, to get the life that, that he wired you up for and the best and most out of your life. Uh, the Bible talks about a, a full life life to the full, uh, to get the best out of that, to get the most out of it. we got to pu- push pause and rest. And the Bible's word for this is Sabbath. And, and it's a Hebrew word. It comes from the Hebrew word uh, sabbat or Shabbat. And what that word means is it literally means to stop and rest, it means to cease activity and to completely stop and rest. And then there's uh, actually, uh, it's, it's used in two different ways throughout Scripture. And the word Shabbat in the Hebrew uh, language was used for both uh, to stop and rest and to delight. And we're actually going to take a look at that. And if you were to uh, go and, and do a survey of, of Bible passages that actually talk about Sabbath, what you're going to find is that almost all of the passages in Scripture that refer to Sabbath refer to resting ceasing activity or, or delighting in the Lord. And so uh, the reality is this, is as we talk about uh, the word Sabbath and, and Shabbat, we're talking about resting and operating out of the way that God has designed us to work, the way he's wired us up to work. And I think we know this is true. We know we're wired for rest because um, uh, take sports, for instance. It's, it's a basketball season. March Madness is right around the corner. And uh, I, I shared with them the last two services that I'm embarrassed to say it, but I was watching part of a KU basketball game yesterday, and um, uh, they were playing Oklahoma, and there was this, this uh, uh, exchange going on, and so uh, there was a couple steals that happened, and if you watch the basketball game, if you see basketball or really any sport, uh, one steal happens, two steals happen, and then uh, all of the momentum is shifted in one direction toward one team, and so the opposing team, what did the coach do? He had to call for a timeout, Right? He called for a timeout and pushed pause. And, and the reality is, is it's not different for us. That sometimes our life, we get so crazy busy and it's running out of hand. We get in such a hurried rate and pace that if we don't push pause, if we don't call timeout, we're, it's only going to be to our detriment. and We're going to continue to run at that rate until we, we crash and burn. And the same is true if you, if you like to work out uh, lifting lifting, running, whatever it is uh, that you like to do for, for working out is, is, you know this, four or five, six days a week, uh, you, you lift, you run, you work out, but eventually you have to take a rest day, right? Eventually you have to take a, a pause day and a an rest day, and, and if you don't, you will end up beating your body to a place that was never uh, meant to go, and, and you ultimately will end up doing damage that may be irreparable, damage that you may not be able to repair um, but you have to. You have to take a rest day and push pause uh, on, on all things in life. And there's something inescapable about resting. There's something that it's inescapable about the good that it does for our bodies and our souls. And I think uh, for most of us, if and when, the, those, those few times that we actually do get to push pause on the things of life and rest and on uh, uh, all that we're doing, and when we come back to our marriage... When we come back to our friendships, our relationships, our work, to our families, after pushing pause, we're simply better, aren't we? We simply get more out of our families and, and, and more joy and fullness out of our lives after we've pushed pause and rest. But the same is also true, is that something inescapable about the crash and burn effect of not pushing pause of not slowing down and, and running at a rapid pace and never pushing pause, it is inescapable. We will all crash and burn. The reality is this, is that we, we weren't designed to run without rest. And the passage we're gonna look at today is, is from the Old Testament. It's in a book called Isaiah. And it's gonna discuss uh, kind of both, both sides of the scenario. So let's take a look. In uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, it says this. Have you not known? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall fall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. It says, used will be faint and weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. And uh, if you remember this series, bottom line, it's busy is a barrier to better. So that begs the question is, what does busy mean then? What is busy? And busy is simply this. The first point would be busy equals restlessness. If we run and, and we're, we're running around busy, the reality is, is we are without rest. We're not resting in the way that we're wired up to. Uh, to rest. And, and the reality is, is, is busy. It's the opposite of the way God's wired us. The way of busyness is the way of, of restlessness. And uh, we saw it in verse 30. But the author here says that even youths Shall fall faint and be weary, and young men will fall exhausted. Wait, what the author's saying there is, is simply this. He's trying to paint a picture of youths and young men, those who should have uh, plenty of vitality and energy and, and a wealth of, of energy and capacity in life, even them, they're gonna fall tired. They're gonna fall exhausted. They're gonna reach a point at which they can't sustain themselves and they're gonna need to push pause. And rest. And uh, if you're a parent, you know this is true. What, it, what, it, what they mean by you is simply this is, I have a three-year-old, Riley, I've talked about her multiple times, um, uh, super sweet, but she has a crazy amount of energy, right? Like if, if you're a parent of a kid and a toddler, you, you just know this to be true. They can run around all day and like they'll stop to tell you something really weird or awkward for like half a second or grab a sip of water and then they're zip off to do the next thing, right? Like, like just boom, 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 boom. And they, they can go everywhere. And as a parent, uh, I look at them and I'm just jealous because I'm like, oh, what I could do if I had the amount of energy that you have, you know, like, but, but what the author says is even, even they're going to get tired. And if you're a parent, you know, this is true. You know, it it gets to be that hour before bedtime. And and then as I like to call it, there's like the mini tyrant meltdown and uh, the, the little ones, they begin to Lose their minds. They begin to melt down. Things are shutting down because they're tired and exhausted. Uh, we had an awesome moment last night at Chick-fil-A as a family, uh, where we actually got to experience this with my three-year-old Riley. Uh, it was getting close to bedtime, and uh, we had told her that she could play in the play place if uh, she finished her chicken nuggets, which did not happen. And so she's tired. She's been going all day. And so uh, my wife and I got to experience the awesome walk of shame where uh, my wife carried, I, I had our son Quinn, my wife carried a three-year-old, kicking and screaming and crying out of, out of Chick-fil-A, losing their minds. Like, if you're a parent, you've been there. You notice we made eye contact with all the parents, and they're just like, go you. Uh, like, you know, so you've been there. But, but, but what the author is simply saying is, like, even these little ones will fall faint and weary when it seems like they have a capacity for life. Uh, uh, we got a lot of college kids in here. Even young men, what he's talking about is simply this, is like you're in the, the peak and prime of, of energy and vitality in life. I just want to say this to the college students in here. Uh, enjoy it, because before you're, you know it, you'll be 30 and carrying a three-year-old kicking and screaming <laughs> out of a Chick-fil-A. Um, no, but, but the reality is simply this, is that when we run busy, we run in the opposite of the way that God has designed us to work. And, and I think that the reality for us as a culture, as a people, as a church, is this, is this is the idol of our day. This is one of the idols of our day. I would argue it is the idol of our day as uh, to run around busy, tired and weary and exhausted. We just go, 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 go from one thing to the next. And, and, and what I'm not saying here is it's not all bad. You know, a lot of times we're running around from one good thing to the next good thing. But it is the opposite of how God has designed us to work. And the reality is nobody's exempt from this. Young, poor, or young and old and rich and poor, black, white, like nobody's exempt. And Wayne Moeller puts it this way in his book, uh, his book Sabbath Rest. And he says this, he says, I have visited the large offices of wealthy donors, the crowded rooms of social service agencies, the small house of the poorest families. Remarkably, within this mosaic, there is a universal refrain. I am so busy. It doesn't seem to matter if I speak to doctors or daycare workers, shopkeeper or social workers, parents or teachers, nurses, lawyers, students, therapists, community activists or cooks. Whether they are Hispanic or Native American, Caucasian or black, the more their lives speed up, the more they feel hurt, frightened, and isolated. Despite their good hearts and equally good intentions, their work in the world rarely feels light, pleasant, or healing. Instead, as it all piles up upon itself, the whole experience of being alive begins to melt into one enormous obligation. It became the standard greeting everywhere, I am so busy. He's saying nobody's exempt. I think we know it's a standard greeting. You ask your friend, uh, almost without fail, you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? And they're like, "Ah, good, busy, you know. I mean, we don't even think about it, but it is our response. And my question would be is, Why? Why has busyness become the idol of our day? I think that's the next logical question that we have to ask is if we're running around and if this is the idol of our day or one of the idols, then why is it the idol of our day? And I think uh, the reality is this, is I think it's an identity issue. I think we run around busy seeking and searching for a false identity. Uh, if, if you were to read all of Isaiah chapter 40 uh, today maybe this afternoon when you went home, what you would find is it, the whole chapter talks about a God who is big, and it talks about all of our identity, a God who's big and able and capable to do all that you can't do. It talks about God's bigness and our smallness, and that's not a bad thing, but that's a great thing because he's able to shoulder and carry the weight that we can't. But, but the reality is, is I think this has become the idol of our day, and I think it is because we're seeking identity in all of our busyness and things, I think a lot of us are too wrapped up and, and we, we think like this, we, we might not say it, but it's true, is uh, I'll be more valuable if I just do more. Like, like, I'll be more important if I just make more money and people will know who I am because uh, where there's money, there's recognition, and maybe people will respect me if I can just do everything. If I could just be like God and just do everything, people will respect me more. And that, that's, that's the issue is, is, is we're seeking false identity in all of our busyness. But we know uh, from the passages and from our bottom line is simply, if we're going to get God's best, we have to stop. We have to slow down and we have to rest. The running around busy and tired and exhausted and weary is, is not the way that we're going to get rest. And it will become the barrier to that which is better. And the good news is is the passage goes on in Isaiah in verse 31, and it says this. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That's that first part of verse 31. And it's just the reality of... (laughs) God's calling us to push pause and to wait on him because it's his strength that's gonna sustain us. And when we push pause and we wait on God, he renews our strength for the weak, for our families, for our marriages, for our work. And if busy is the barrier to better, the question next becomes, what is better? And better is simply this, better is rest. The better way is, is... the rested way. It's living a life uh, with rest and with Sabbath built into it, and it is the way that God designed us to function. You know, uh, We read in the Bible that we're made in the image of God, and then we also read that in the last day of creation, God creates in the first six days, and in the last day seven, the Bible says God rested. We're made in his image, and he rested. We're made for rest. We're made to rest. And the reality, uh, I'm a dude, and so I don't know if uh, uh, you, you've probably experienced this, but I, I'm a guy in here, and I have tried to put things together before uh, without using the operator's manual. Like, I'm just criminal at doing this. But I'll see something, I'm like, you know what, I can put that together. My wife's like, why don't you just read, and, and, and it'll actually tell you how to put it together. And I'm like, I got this, babe. It's cool. And so uh, if you've ever done this before, you put it together. And uh, sometimes it works, but for me, uh, oftentimes... Once I get it together, I think I've got something assembled correctly. I try to turn it on or I try to open a door and it like creaks or scratches or whatever. And the reality is, is I got something wrong. And that thing, even if I got it to kind of work, is never going to work how it was designed to function. It's the same with our lives, though. What I'm trying to say is this is when you try to build your life in a different pattern and rhythm than the way God designed you for, no matter how hard you try, it's never going to work. No matter how much you white-knuckle it and, and just try to push on and push through, if, if you build your life in a rhythm and pattern that God didn't wire you up for, it's never going to work. And eventually, you will crash and burn because we are designed for Sabbath lives and lives of rest. Um, just some fun facts about... Uh, the Sabbath, I was reading, I've been reading this book kind of as we've gone through this, and it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Phenomenal book. Uh, You should give give it a read. But in that book, he he actually talks about a study that they did and a a study that was done uh, about the happiest people in America, Happiest people in the world. And, and what they found was there was this little uh, Christian sect, religious Christian sect group of folks who were toward the top of the list called Seventh-day Adventists. And so these are a group of people who they are like Old Testament Hebrew, like religious about the Sabbath and keeping Sabbath rest. And so they actually take a whole day of their week. Uh, and they, they push pause on life, and they, they just don't do anything. And what the study found was they were toward the top of the list and the happiest people in the world. The other part that the study found was that on average, within this little group, religious group, uh, the average life expectancy was 10 years more than that of the average American. It's almost as if it's screaming to us, God wired us up for rest. And our life and our vitality hangs on it and de- depends on it. And then uh, another study actually showed it was, it was on workplace productivity. And I'm not saying work is bad, and I, this is not like a, oh, go and be lazy. Like, uh, hear me correctly and clearly when I say that as Christians, we should be some of the hardest workers on the planet and at the same time have some of the healthier boundaries, healthiest boundaries around our work lives. That's that's all I'm trying to say here, but uh, this workplace productivity study found that uh, after 55 hours of work in a week's time, that workplace productivity took a drastic drop off. I mean, there was next to no productivity. If you hit 70 hours in a work week, they found it's actually negative effect and detrimental to the organization. You start almost reversing the the work of the productivity that was happening. Now, if you take 55 hours and you break that out, that essentially uh, adds up to somewhere between five and six days worth of work. Again, it's, it's as if we were built for rest. And then the last study actually found that if, if we spend our lives uh, running around and crazy busy all the time, that it actually just sucks. <laughs> it's just not fun. <laughs> it's science. No, but seriously, like... like <laughs> The reality is this, is that, that you know it and I know it, that, that when you spend your life running around crazy busy and, and running from one thing to the next, whether they're good, whether it's church thing to church thing or sports or kids or whatever to work, when you don't take time to pause and rest, even in doing all that stuff, and there could be so much good wired into it, you're exhausted. You don't enjoy it because it's not how you were wired. It's not the way that God wired you up. And it's not the way he intends for us to work. And so uh, the reality is this, and, and the application is this, and, and point number three is simply, rest yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Like, like you actually need to push pause and rest yourself before you wreck your life. And here's the thing about wrecking your life and, and not resting and continuing on this cycle of uh, insane busyness is here's what happens is when you go to that point and you do end up wrecking yourself, the wreckage and the fallout falls on who? Those closest to you, right? It falls out on your marriage. It falls out on your children. It falls out on your relationships and in your workplace. God tells us, in order to get his best, he wants us to push pause and rest. And so today, the, the application is simple. Uh, I just wanted to walk through a couple practices and give you some thoughts or ideas to maybe uh, apply today, this week, this month, just practices for rest. Um, and, And before I do that, there's a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, and he said this. He said, if you work with your hands, you should probably Sabbath with your mind. And if you work with your mind, you should Sabbath with your hands. And he was just simply saying... That if if you're using your mind all week long, and this is where the busyness of your life happens, to just go and do something with your hands, to pull back and withdraw from that, and vice versa, if it's with your hands, to just step back with your mind and read a book. And so um, first practice would simply be this. Uh, I think it's the best one, but take a nap. Like that's your homework from church today. If you can't get on board with that, I I I got nothing for you. Uh, But just take a nap, push pause. And I know that some of you are probably like, well, Chris, that's, Sunday's my grocery shopping day and, and how am I supposed to push pause? It takes me hours to do that. And it's like, God gave you a click list, use it for today, okay? <laughs> Seriously though, like let somebody else do that just for the day and take what time you would have spent in a grocery store or doing whatever's on your typical Sunday uh, list of to-do And spend it just taking a nap and resting and reflecting. Maybe for you, you need to just leave all your devices at home and go on a walk or a hike somewhere, put on a coat uh, and just go. Maybe you, you need to spend some time just journaling because there's so much going on in your mind and you haven't pushed pause long enough to actually process or unpack it. And maybe you need to get alone with God and just crank up some worship music and your Bible and a journal and just hear from him and just put everything that's up here out onto paper so you can begin to sort through things and let it stop overwhelming you and driving you. And maybe some of us in the room, we're those who have this, this is less about our family life and more about we're just driven and we work all the time. Maybe you need today to actually spend some of the money that you've gone and worked so hard and diligently for and book a vacation for your family because they need it and you need it and they need you. If you don't have money, book a staycation. Just take a few days off, be at home with your family. I, I think uh, as I pointed out at the beginning of the message, this idea this word Sabbath, it means rest and delight and we're supposed to rest. We've got to push pause and rest, but it cannot end there for us as believers. Like we actually have to roll that up to delight in the God that we serve. So we've got to rest, but we've also got to delight in God who's the sustainer and renewer of our strength, who teaches us to rest, who's wired us up for that. We have to delight in him as well. Give thanks to God. And uh, my, my question is, is this, is how might our church change? How might your marriage change? Your family? How might it be impacted or affected if we actually took this serious uh, as believers and followers of Jesus, made in God's image, God who rested, if we actually got serious? And we worked this into the regular rhythm of our lives. Like what would change about your work week if, if, if every work week you actually took a day, half a day and just practice resting? Your family, your marriage, our church, I think in this city, uh, it would be amazing if 1,500, 2,000 people all pushed pause and rested and then were sent out into their workplaces, their homes, their marriages, different areas and they just walked a little differently because they had a renewed strength. And I I think if I'm honest, there's a weary and watching world out there, and they're wanting to know, they're wondering, is this Jesus real? Is, Is all the stuff that you say about this God of yours, is this stuff real? Is there really peace? Is there really rest out there? And I think that if we push pause and rested, we would be freer than anyone around. And I think that would be contagious and curious to everyone watching I just I think it could change how, how we do life how we do work and marriage and what would change if we did as the psalmist says in Psalm 62 and he says let all that I am wait quietly before God for my hope is in him what would that look like how would things change uh, to get God's best we have to push pause and rest. Would you pray with me? Father, we praise you. We love you. God, you are the sustainer. You renew our strength. You were built with shoulders to carry that which we, we can't carry. You didn't intend for us to. Lord, I pray that this week we would be able to have the courage to rest and find peace in you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.